Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bearcat Blitz, starting up another show on the Believe Network. Thank you for checking us out on whatever medium you're watching or listening to the show on, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, all those podcast platforms. Great way to check us out there. Subscribe, rate, and review. We are always streaming on YouTube as well. You can check out the video portion of the show on Talking Caps with Russ Eltman. And of course, maybe you're watching on Valley Sports Ohio. Thank you for checking us out there as well. Neil Meyer joining me as the Bearcats have no midweek game. They're in the middle of their mini buy in the uh, really smack dab inside of their Big 12 slates so far this year. Four and five overall. They need to go five and four, most likely down the stretch to get into that NCAA tournament. And we will dive into all the things Wes Miller said in his press conference Look at Tyler Betsy talking about Cincinnati and his excitement to be a Bearcat, the third highest rated recruit in the 24-7 sports era for Cincinnati. A lot of excitement for him and the just high level of talent coming into this program over the next couple of years. We'll check in on the NCAA tournament projections, and then we will give a little quick Houston preview, top player to watch for each of us, and a prediction for a game that Cincinnati is uh, expected to lose as an ESPN matchup predictor underdog right now on that service it's playoff time and the usual suspects are heading to vegas for the championship as we discuss bet online our partner at partners at bet online are your number one source for football odds stats trends and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of gatorade bet online is the number one source for your championship wagering head to bet online and join today to get into all the action bet online the game starts here neil Wes Miller goes through his uh, mid-Big 12 conference play press conference yesterday. Biggest takeaway for you from that press conference as we move into the middle of Houston week. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me was Coach Miller had the the time to sit down and really kind of digest about how great this conference is. And the one thing that stood out to me, Russ, was the quote that he gave that said, this is the best league in America. Experiencing this conference is something completely different than just saying it. Every night in this league is awesome, and it will not only improve this team, but this program as well. So that alone says how powerful the Big 12 is and how much potential there is. I mean, you're looking at it right now, Russ. The latest NCAA tournament projections has eight teams sitting in the NCAA tournament. So that the Big 12 continues to prove why they are the best conference in America, and it is not not an easy task, but Coach Miller knows the task at hand, 
And they're excited for the challenge as they get ready to go to the back half of what is now their first Big 12 season. Yeah, four and five overall, one of 17 teams in the country, as we mentioned on the first show of the week, to have a positive point differential in conference play, but a losing record. They've just had those close games not quite go their way. And I believe it was, uh, I think it was from v- the Viva La Cats account um, on X. They posted that Ken Palm, Neil, has the Bearcats sitting at 329 out of 361 teams nationally in luck this season. Just the ball is not bouncing their way. And it's a similar story to the football season where, yes, that team was not good. as The basketball team is way better than the football season team was, but both squads, Neil, went through their unlucky stretches throughout the, those seasons. Yeah, this is a different, different season compared to what the fall season was like. Obviously, the football team had its ups and downs, and especially enduring a seven-game losing streak, but this basketball team has hit its highs and it's hit its lows. And right now they're coming off one of their highs. I mean, they lost to West Virginia on Wednesday night last week, and then they come back with a big win over Texas Tech. I mean, you go on the road, you get a win at BYU. You fight to the end versus Kansas. You fight with Texas. I mean, right now, like the ups and downs that this team has endured through this season, I mean, especially the big one is they haven't really had an opportunity to be fully healthy yet. And I think people are forgetting that, that this team has never really had the opportunity to develop and get their full chemistry together, obviously, with the Jamil Reynolds and Aziz Bandega waiver situation. C.J. Frederick goes down with the injury to the hamstring. And then Aziz gets cleared after five or after six games. Jamil Reynolds is closer to 11 games. So you're still trying to find that lineup. And right now, it looks like they're having the most success that they have had as teams and players are starting to develop their roles and whatnot as this conference season gets underway. But as you mentioned, Russ, this is a very, a very tough and daunting schedule for West Miller and the Bearcats. Obviously it's never easy when six of your first seven are versus top 25 opponents, but now you're heading into the back half of the conference play where these next two games versus Iowa state and Houston could really hold a lot of weight come down the stretch, come the end of the month. Big games. Big games coming up for Cincinnati, and the trend continued, Neil. Texas Tech has now dropped three games in a row. Teams facing Cincinnati in Big 12 play. The following game in their conference stretch, 0-9 this season. 0-9. So, like we said, the identity is built for UC. The physicality is there. They are bringing pain and bringing a – we have to be very prepared mentality from their opponents each and every time in this league. And that's exactly what you want to see in year one on top of an NCAA tournament berth for the first time this decade. That's exactly what fans want to see as well. And they're pacing towards that. We'll get to that in just a few minutes here on Bear Blitz in terms of just where they stand on the overall projections. We didn't have a lot of the, the hard data come in from the overall weekend results on our Monday show. Got some more hard data to dive into on that respect for our late week show. Biggest takeaway for me, Neil, was I wanted to ask about Jameel Reynolds. I wanted to see from Coach Miller's perspective why it's been such a slow start. Why is Jameel Reynolds 13 games into his Bearcats career averaging just five points, 3.6 rebounds, and 0.4 assists on 48% shooting from the field as a guy that should be, from where he's taking a shot diet from, up near 60% from the field. And he kind of laid out, Neil, the fact that 
and it makes sense. And I, I, I could see this being the reasoning. And it makes sense. How Jamil is basically what he's 10, 12 games behind everybody else. He didn't mm-hmm. have any of that, that non-conference. Not, not that he had a <laughs> couple games to get into the non-conference, but not the majority of the, the double digit plus games that players had already found a chemistry with each other in, had already gone through the growing pains early on of this new roster coming together, which is so often the case across college basketball at the beginning of seasons nowadays. So that's the reason why Jamil has not been as impactful and has therefore not played the minutes diet that we would expect to see from a guy who was one of the premier transfers of the past three to four years. You could argue Jamil Reynolds was right up there with, I mean, Jamil Reynolds, Aziz Bandego, and Seamus Lukosius are the three most sought after, best, most talented transfers that UC's brought in under Wes Miller. And Jamil Reynolds has really been the only one that hasn't made an impact so far this year. I think it made sense from Wes, and he went on to say that he believes Jamil will make a big impact for this team and will have a, a an ultimately large kind of role, larger role moving forward. But I think overall, it, it's, it's a solid reasoning, but time is ticking a little bit here, Neil, where, I mean, there's only nine games left. At some point, the, the, you just run out of games to be able to make an impact, and we'll see if he can make an impact moving forward as he has put up back-to-back games with four points and 10 plus minutes. But I mean, for what he was expected to give you throughout the year, it is not at the level of which that, end, that expectation is meeting. Yeah. And certainly a great credit to that has been the 10, 12 games that he missed. I mean, I believe it was game 11 when he came back and I mean, heck, he didn't even get really time to practice before the Dayton game before they found out his waiver was cleared. So, I mean, he didn't but really he was get practicing. Time to go through the he whole... has been practicing with the team the entire time. The entire time he's been on campus, he has not yeah. been restricted from practicing. Yeah, so he was practicing, but but he didn't have the aspect of hey, this is what the scout's going to look like. This is your matchup. This is your assignment. That's true. But point. going into Dayton, that's especially a tough matchup, especially with a guy like Deron Holmes. So I mean, obviously missing that first eleven games was something that really, really could have been beneficial for a guy like Jamil Reynolds, but. The positive side of this is Wes Miller, and he even said this in his press conference yesterday, that over the past two games, this is the style of play that they've expected from Jamil Reynolds, and this is the Jamil Reynolds they envisioned when they brought him to the University of Cincinnati. So maybe a big trend here. Can he continue this performance and bounce into the the next level of categories there in the front court? See his minutes kind of continue to increase, but overall I think I think he's starting to get his feet wet from under him and now that he's got that experience under him I think he's back into the right shape and continues to get these minutes get experience out there on the court and the chemistry is building I think right now down the nine game the final nine games I think we can really kind of look as Jamil Reynolds potentially being one of those players that could contribute and be a huge factor to this team for the, the final nine games of the season Right. And obviously, I mean, he's not going to transfer again. You're not going to see him transfer out of the program. You wouldn't think he's talked about how much this staff has, has embraced him and given him a great environment to be a healthy human just overall himself. So that's, that's all fantastic. And on top of that, it's fantastic because yes, he hasn't given you a lot this year, Neil, and there's not a ton of time for him to be, I mean, for him to take over like a Victor lock and roll, for example, and, and become a 10, 12 point per game score on, 30 minutes per game. I mean, that that expectation is kind of, I think, too lofty now, given what we just laid out on the timeline over the past few months. But they get him for another year. 
You get another. Uh, do you have two more years after this, Neil, or just one more year? I think just. I think there's two, isn't there? On top of this one, Jamil only has one. One after this one. Okay, so because, you get him for one more year, yeah, one after this. and ultimately you get him uh, in the program, continuing to move up up the line. And you can look at it glass half full there, but yeah, it's just it, it's ultimately politics, the stupidity of the NCAA, all of that has basically left a season, the first season for Jamil Reynolds in Cincinnati as a wash because like it, it, it's a great point by Wes Miller. It is so difficult to come into a season on a new team, be ineligible for the entirety of non-conference play, and then have to get acclimated with that team in the toughest conference in America. Six straight open, ranked opponents to open the, the conference slate. It's just, it's really tough. So we'll see how big of an impact Reynolds can make in the final nine games. He is a player. We talked about X factors on Monday. If he pops over these final nine games, it's just one of those depth pieces, one of the pieces of this roster that was such a pro going into the season where you have so many different scenarios where guys could exceed expectations, take on a bigger role, and be able to come out of nowhere with an impact. Really, anything double-digit points-wise or close to 20 minutes-wise out of Jamil Reynolds would be more than he has given them so far this year. So things trending up, definitely, according to, to Wes Miller, and I would agree with that. Neil Meyer, Russ Heltman, your hosts on Bearcat Blitz. We'll take a look at the NCAA tournament projections for Cincinnati, the latest as we record this show. All that and more, plus a Houston preview. Who are the top players to look for and a prediction from Neil and I. All that coming up on Bearcat Blitz. The Bearcats were off the NCAA tournament bubble, Neil, and now they're right back on it. And in some corners, skirting off the bubble a little bit here into a firm NCAA tournament team. When we look at ESPN's first bubble watch of the season, they have Cincinnati as one of those bubble teams. They're one of the bubble aficionados there. Bearcats, a work-to-do team for ESPN. When we look at the overall bracket matrix, all of the 93-plus certified brackets that get put in the bracket matrix and kind of judged year over year. Cincinnati is on 55 of those 93 brackets, Neil, slated as a 12 seed in the Big 12. It's kind of feeling like they're hanging around the 9 to 12 range, that kind of last four in, first four out, kind of next four in type of range. They're bouncing around it. And with two wins over the next week against ranked Houston and a surging Iowa state ranked team, Neil, they will be fully off the bubble and a lock to make the tournament. In my opinion, you'll be seeing them in the range of a six to eight, maybe five to seven seed at that point. But if they go, zero and two, you're right back off the bubble. You're going to be out of the projections. And if you go one and one, especially if one of those, if you, if you at least go one and one, I don't really think it matters which one you beat in terms of the overall projections. I think they will just be kind of sitting where they are right now and continuing to tread water, hang around in that kind of last four grouping of teams, last grouping of teams to get into the dance. Yeah, and they've been sitting on many first four out, final four in for maybe the span of the last week, week and a half. But I said it on the last episode, Russ, that I thought they have to go three and one in this stretch and they got to get one or potentially two versus a – 
Iowa State or Houston. Obviously, you would love to get the one at Houston, especially being at your home court. You know the rivalry. Houston is 6-0 and versus Wes Miller during his tenure as Cincinnati's head coach. So I think they've won, what, nine in a row against the Bearcats? Is that mm-hmm. how many it is? Nine in a row. And for fans who also remember, they have eliminated the Bearcats the last three seasons in the AAC tournament. So there's a lot of history here. Kelvin Sampson does a fantastic job with his squad down there at Houston. And they're coming off a huge win over Oklahoma State. And, Russ, I think we have to talk about this as well. What could happen if Kelvin Sampson is facing a potential fine after his ejection, fine, or maybe even suspension after his meltdown the other night? Well, no we, we know a fine, a fine but, isn't going to matter to the matchup. But a suspension, now that will definitely matter. Because yeah. we know, I mean, Kelvin Sampson, and that's I, I, would, I would like to, I, would, I wonder what, what that projection would be, Neil. I don't know if anybody's done this, but the most valuable college coaches in the country to the spread. I wonder if, I wonder, I mean, I'm sure Kelvin Sampson would be up there on, on that list. He'd be in the top 10. I think he's one of the top 10 coaches nationally. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this Houston team, they're tough and gritty, but for them to really solidify their spot in the tournament bracket, I think if you can go one and one here in the next two versus two top 25 opponents, you find your way off the bubble and you're sneaking in. As long as you don't get blown out by one of them. If you get blown out by one of them, I think it kind of might even be one of those wash-wash situations. But if you can steal a win versus Houston or an Iowa State, they know it's going to come down to, at this point, Russ, you're going to have to win one or two of those games that you're not expected to win to solidify that spot outside of the first four and final four. They they know that. So, I mean, if you can get one now, get it early, versus Houston at home, I mean, you know how electric they have been at Fifth Third Arena this season. So, I mean, they can get it done this Saturday, keep this momentum building following their win over Texas Tech. You get two in a row heading into Iowa State. You're sitting great right now if you're Wes Miller and the Bearcats, if you can get this job done for Houston. But in order for them to solidify their spot heading into the NCAA tournament, I think they have to go three and one over these next three or two and one over these next three games. Right. Yeah, you laid that. You've been sticking firm with that over the last week and it, it it's kind of feeling like that it's not i don't think they necessarily have to go three and one over this four game stretch to get in there's there's obviously more games left and maybe some upsets could happen in that sense but yeah i mean if you if they go three and one here neil and the lone loss is to ucf or they lose saturday they beat iowa state and they beat ucf i mean there's just like we've been saying there are not many scenarios with the games left the opponents in those games and the quad one versus quad three chances that are still on the board. I mean, it's just, it's just, if you get the, if you get the amount of wins, if you get to 18, 19, 20 wins, there's just going to be too many good ones among that group to leave Cincinnati out. And on top of that, uh, a great point that you brought up about the, the prowess at home, Neil, they've, they've lost what one game this season by more than six points. Right. And that was the Dayton loss. Yep. Outside of that, it's been it's been a crunch time type of game at least every single time out there for this crew that West Miller has put together. So that's another thing that I think needs to be highlighted for this team is sure, like you want to win all those games, you want to win all those close games, but it's another it's one thing to be 
up and down. You, you got a good record, but it's another thing to have a solid record like they have and never get embarrassed. They never have been embarrassed. They put up some bad performances here and there, Neil, especially on offense, but defensively, it's been lights out solid throughout the majority of the season and getting better throughout the majority of the season, especially since the calendars turned to 2024. And they have just consistently met the mark, met the moment on at least that end of the court every single game. And it's allowed them to stay pretty firm and stay high in the net rankings. I think the reason they only dropped one spot in the net ranking last week, despite the loss, the bad Q3 loss, the first Q3, Q4 loss of the season to West Virginia was because, Neil, as you and I have just mentioned, they have not been blown out. They don't get destroyed very often. And that helps your net ranking metrics. Mm -hmm. We know how much those blowouts factor in. Yeah, and if you can keep that keep that mentality and keep your wins and your losses close, I think they can definitely build the resume in that way as well. But it's definitely going to come down to these next few games. And as you mentioned, the West Virginia game is the only game that really kind of hurts them. But you also have to factor in how good West Virginia has been at home in this season. I mean, they've beaten Texas. They've beaten Kansas right there on their home court. So, I mean, right. And, and right and there with a lot of the season, Neil, they haven't had Jesse Everett's healthy. He was out for what? Almost two months. They didn't have Raekwon battle in a similar situation to what Jamil Reynolds went through in terms of the massive amount of games. Those two guys have missed. And just, it's just, it's they hard didn't to have integrate Kirk these guys. either due to the suspension. Exactly. So this is the team that West, the West Virginia team you see faced last week was not the same seven and 13, Bad resume, 157 in the 150s of the net. Q3 for sure going to be a Q3 game at the end of the season. Neil, they're more like a Q2 opponent when we think when we look at the entire roster as a whole and what they ultimately had at their disposal last week mm -hmm. compared to the whole season. So big, big, big stretch for the Bearcats over the next week. And really not even look at the UC, UCF game. UCF game, of course, for sure. You want to win that game. That, that could turn into a must win if... They do not get any dubs against Houston or Iowa State. Go one and one. Just go one and one. Find a way to go one and one at home over the next week. And the Bearcats should be in consistent position to make the NCAA tournament staying firm from where they are right now, which has them on over 50% of the bracket projects, brackets out of the 93 total. Cincinnati sits at 55, as I mentioned. And on teamrankings.com, they're down to a 55% chance to make the NCAA tournament as an 11th seed in the 41st seed overall. Neil, a guy who is going to help, I think, make Cincinnati an NCAA tournament lock, I'll say it now, before before Christmas next year, before the, the, before the Big 12 schedule even starts, is Tyler Betsy. He is an unbelievable talent, unbelievable scorer coming off a 30, I think 35 and 5 game this past weekend on over 50% shooting. He was uh, sounding very, very excited to get out to Cincinnati very soon and start his college career. Betsy was uh, was talking to, who was he talking to? Doolin Ludi saying, quote, honestly, just looking forward to play a Big 12 schedule, being primetime basketball. I go home, I watch Kentucky, Kansas, UNC, all that, just knowing that that's going to be, be me next year, playing on TV, representing my family, representing me. It just means a lot, and I'm excited to play in big arenas and big games for sure. You know what, Neil? I think this is one of the big reasons for me why college basketball is such a better sell than like the G League or going to Europe or anything like that for these top 40 highly elite players is because you get to play in these major, major environments as opposed to 
some empty arena in Rochester, New York, where you're where there's nothing really on the line. Real quick, what do you think about Tyler Betsy's comments on the Bearcats? Yeah, and everyone who knows or who has followed Tyler Betsy knows the caliber player he is. I mean, he's a top 50 player in the class of 2024, had nearly 35 different offers, chose to come to the University of Cincinnati, and he's going to be a big addition. And you pair him alongside with a guy like Tyler McKinley. You still have Rayvon Griffith, who's redshirting this year. The future is very bright for Wes Miller and the Bearcats. And Tyler Betsy, as you mentioned, Russ, will be an impact player for day one come next season. And it's going to be an exciting time. Six foot seven, long wingspan, can shoot the ball, a lockdown defender as well. It's going to be a great opportunity for him here at Cincinnati to kick off his collegiate career. Number five, Houston coming to town on Saturday. Players to watch and a prediction coming up. Number five, Houston coming to town and Cincinnati trying to break a brutal, brutal streak. One of the rare teams in the history of this program that Cincinnati has a losing record against, 11 and 13 all time. And they have what was what it, Neil? Nine in a row we mentioned earlier in the uh, earlier in the show. So a six-game losing streak for Wes Miller in this meeting, and a guy who's going to try to continue that and has done a good job hurting opponents this season. L.J. Cryer, their leading scorer, fifteen point one points, knows the Big Twelve very well, coming over from Baylor as a transfer, six foot one guard, two point six rebounds, two assists. He's just solid across the board. 38% from three. Does a great job getting to his looks from outside. Gets up a bunch of them at 7.8 attempts per game. Is a solid rebounder, as I mentioned. Great free throw shooter. Gets to the line at a decent amount. Not This team doesn't get to the line a whole lot, but they're solid free throw shooters at that. And overall, he's just going to pepper you with shots and continuously bring constant pressure to guys like John Newman III and Day-Day Thomas. Give me the Houston Cougars to win this one 64 to 60 over the Bearcats. Cincinnati covers what I imagine will be a maybe a five, six point home underdog spread, but the Bearcats ultimately fall in this one. What do you got, Neil? Yeah, so my player to watch, obviously, you talked on LJ Cryer. I'm going to stick in the backcourt. I'm going to go with Jamal Sheed. He has been arguably one of the best point guards in all of college basketball this season. Despite averaging just 12 points a game, he's a very effective shooter, 46% from the field this season. But what's tremendously an impact of Jamal Sheed's game is his defense. He's put himself in position to be a first-team All-Big 12 defensive player, and he continues to show out each and every night for Kelvin Sampson and the Houston Cougars. And not only does he provide a very veteran, experience-heavy kind of backcourt there alongside LJ Cryer, he provides that leadership role as well, and he has played in these big-time games multiple times over his playing career. That was the main reason why he came back this season for his extra year of eligibility. So I expect for him to be one of those guys that has a huge impact on this game for the Houston Cougars on Saturday. But my prediction, I'm going to keep it a little bit closer, Russ. I'm going to keep it at 72-68 to 68 in favor of Houston. All right, both picking a four-point deficit. For Neil Meyer, I'm Russ Elton. This has been Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network. This is the second. 15 seconds left. Shot clock off. Four-point game. DeJulius puts up a three. Yeah!